Psalm 37 and verse 30. The mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom, and his tongue talks of justice. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide or slip. Father, we love you, we praise you, we bless you, we glorify you, we magnify you, and we honor you. We thank you for your blessed, holy word and the anointing upon it. Thank you for ears to hear it, hearts to receive it, minds to be open to the glorious light of it. We believe you today as a group for utterance in the Holy Spirit to proclaim the truth of your word that makes people free. And we thank you for that utterance, Father, not only today, but throughout the days, weeks, months, and years upcoming, should Jesus tarry. Father, we thank you. We need no man to teach us. We're taught by your Holy Spirit who lives within us as believers. So we thank you that our preaching, teaching, witnessing, and ministering isn't with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of your spirit and power. So our faith doesn't stand in the wisdom of men, but in your power, the power of the living God. Father, we thank you again and believe you, according to Mark 11, 24, for revelation, heart knowledge of your word for all of us as we study today and fellowship around your word. Thank you again for your word. Thank you that it's true, that you're not a man to lie, nor the son of man to repent. What you said, you'll do what you spoke, you'll make good. Thank you, Father. We're set apart, sanctified by your word, for your word is truth. That's what Jesus said, and we believe it. It's settled in our hearts. And we thank you, we honor you, we praise you, and we bless you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, leading us and guiding us into all truth teaching us all things, bringing all things to our remembrance, whatsoever we've heard, and showing us things to come. We thank you that he's our counselor, comforter, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby, helper, teacher, and guide. Father, we thank you again for the blood of Jesus. We speak it, we apply it, we sprinkle it, we plead it, we honor and esteem the blood of Jesus that still flows from Calvary, and we hold that blood against the devil in every area of our lives and the lives of our families. Father, we honor you today and we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Well, I want to talk today about justice or judgment. <coughs> justice or judgment. In some nowadays, uh, you know, with what's going on, not only in this country, but around the world, but especially in our own country, we see a lot of people are in worry, anxiety, confusion, doubt, and fear, none of which should be characteristics of growing, active, faith-filled Christians. This didn't start with political parties, and it didn't start last November, and it didn't start uh, a few years ago. It's been around since creation, actually. But you can see here, and we're going to look at Psalm 37 in depth uh, and see that it's, it's been around a long time. And if you let it get you, it will consume you. Worry, anxiety, confusion, doubt, and fear will consume you. Fear, of course, is the opposite of faith. And if you're doubting, you're not in faith. You know, you can doubt in your head and have faith in your heart. But still, that doubt, you know, is not something you want to live in. Worry won't add one cubit to your stature. In fact, it'll shrink you. It's medically proven 
that, are, that someone who is uh, worrisome and is anxious all the time, lives in anxiety, will lose parts of their body. Now, I'm not just saying organs or whatever, but it'll shrink you. And that's not the way to go on a diet. So uh, we, we need to get away from this, and we need to see some things. In Psalm 37 and verse 1, now if you, you, know, if you have a marker uh, or something uh, to, to use in your uh, electronic Bible or your watch or your phone, or whatever you read nowadays, or maybe you have one with paper, like I have. It, it's good if you have one with paper because you can't mark any of those other things. But I, you know, I like to use the the uh, one with paper so I can mark it, write on it, and I, I can see in my mind and heart. You know, if I if I think of a verse and it comes to me, I can see that on the page and turn to that page. But I can't do that necessarily with a, an electronic Bible. They're great things. I've got one right here on the, on the pulpit that I use all the time. I had one for 20-some years. It just quit on me last year that uh, Jamie had given me many years ago. After, after his mom's uh, passing, she went on to be the, with the Lord. He gave that to me as a gift, and it lasted all these years. Electronic Bible. But I couldn't mark on it. But you could punch in a word and find everything that you wanted to find about that word. So they're great things, but it's good to have one with paper. And this psalm, Psalm 37, this has meant quite a bit to me over the years. In fact, I actually memorized it one time. used to, to repeat it every morning with some other uh, ones that I had memorized. And, and I did that to get it down in my heart because this psalm says it's the heritage of the righteous and the calamity of the wicked. A psalm of David. This psalm. And it starts out, Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they'll soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Now if we stopped there, went home now, we could say, you know, we covered it. But no, we're going to go on. There's 40 verses in this. I, don't, I know that's a lot of verses. Uh, that's why you're going to have to read it some more on your own. We can't absorb all this you know, in one message or one sitting, but we can get something out of it. I'll not stop and discuss every verse, although I'd like to, but it's, it, it goes on. They'll be cut down like the grass, wither is the green herb. Verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And a lot of people look at that and say, well, my heart's desire is to have, you know, five cars or, a, you know, a huge house or a lot of property. Or uh, Brother Hagin used the example. Some guy told him he wanted 100 oil wells. That was the desire of his heart. That's not the desire of, of the heart that he's talking about here. That's giving us the desires of God's heart. And God doesn't need 100 oil wells. If you needed that, he'd provide it for you. If you needed five cars... You know, if you needed one car, he'll provide it for you. And the heart is, in the Hebrew is leb. L-E-B, pronounced lev, actually. Heart, intellect, awareness, mind, inner person, inner feelings, deepest thoughts, inner self. 
You know, same basic thing that it is in the Greek, but not exactly the same. He'll give you the desires of your heart. He'll give you his heart's desire over into yours. And that's what we should have. Your needs will be met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So, you know, we don't need to desire all this natural uh, stuff. Uh, you know, it's a good thing. The Bible says without a vision, the people perish. Brother Keith Moore's church, uh, Faith Life Church in Branson and uh, Sarasota, they're having Vision Sunday today. The Bible says write the vision, make it plain. So they write their vision and they put it down. They have a vision list. It's a good thing to do. But you want him to give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, verse 5. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. You know, oftentimes we try to bring everything to pass on our own. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Now that word there, justice, in the New King James translation, we see it's justice. I'm reading from the New King James. I study primarily in the New King James. Uh, but I use several translations when I'm studying. In the King James, of course, some people won't pick up another Bible other than the King James. You know, they think it's sacrilegious to even consider another Bible. But the King James and the New King James differ in some areas. That word justice in the King James is judgment. Now, justice and judgment, you would think, are two different words. But they can be a little bit alike. You know, judgment can be justice too. And justice can be judgment. So, you know, if you want to look at it as judgment or justice, you know, think of it either way. He says, your justice as the noonday. He'll bring it forth. God will bring it forth. And you need to remember that in this day and age and the things that we're going through, it, not only in this country, but around the world. Verse 7, rest in the Lord. Rest in the Lord. And wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Now, you have to remember something about this uh, psalm. It, it's an alphabetic psalm, which means, you know, it's acrostic, alphabetic. It means where each pair of lines begins with successive letters of the Hebrew alphabet. It's written to men rather than to God and contrasts the lifestyle of the wicked and deceitful with the righteous and the forgiven. Praise God. The fate of evildoers may not see, seem soon when compared with a lifetime or with human history, but when compared with the length of eternity, their presence and impact is brief. You know, we're worrying about uh, politicians and things that are going on and things that are changing and not changing and other things that are happening. Brief. It's brief. You know, the, the, uh, it, our life is but a vapor. Here today and it vanishes away. And we've got to look at it that way. I, you know, I hate to be the bearer of bad tidings, but you're not going to live forever on this earth. You will live forever. And that's what we're, you know, we, we want people to, to understand that you need to be in the presence of God. The righteous will be. They'll find the kingdom of God. They'll be in the kingdom of God. But 
the unrighteous, no. Verse 8, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it only causes harm. For evildoers shall be cut off, destroyed, cut off. But those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Praise God. It's going to be a new heaven, a new earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Abundance of peace. Not just five seconds of peace. Abundance of it. The wicked plots against the just, and gnashes at him with his teeth. For the, but the Lord laughs at him. He's probably getting a good kick out of it right now. For he sees that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn their sword and bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy to slay those who are of upright conduct. Their sword shall enter their own heart. Praise God. And their bows shall be broken. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in evil time, and in days of famine they'll be satisfied. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord, like the splendor of the meadows, shall vanish, in the smoke they'll vanish away. You're always going to have provision. You're always going to have uh, food and clothing. Days of famine, you're going to be satisfied. Verse 21, the wicked borrows and doesn't repay, but the righteous shows mercy and gives. Givers always have enough to give. Wicked borrows and can't repay. Those blessed by him shall inherit the earth. Those cursed by him shall be cut off or destroyed. Praise God. We're not under the curse. Verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered, ordered or established by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Thank God. He's upholding us right now with the right hand of his righteousness, the Bible says. I've been young, and now I'm old, yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. That's David wrote that. You know, and I'm reading it, I know, I'm older. I've been young and now I'm older, I guess I'll say. Verse 26, he's ever merciful in lands, and his descendants are blessed. Depart from evil and do good. Depart from evil and do good. You know, we have a part to play on this earth. We're, we, we need to walk in good, and do good things, have good works. You won't get saved by good works, but we're instructed to do it. We're created for good works, Ephesians says. For the Lord loves justice, and he doesn't forsake his saints, praise God. They're preserved forever, preserved forever. On this earth, no, but preserved forever. But the descendants of the wicked shall be cut off, destroyed. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell in it forever. The mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom and his tongue talks of justice. Let's take a little side journey. If you have a, a Bible with paper on it, put a finger in there 
or a marker. Otherwise, we're going to go back to Psalm 37. But look at Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 1. I want us to see something about wisdom. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, a shoot from the stalk or trunk, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. A branch shall grow out of the roots of Jesse. Praise God. Guess who that's talking about? The spirit of the Lord shall, be, shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, or reverence of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes. Praise God, nor decide by the hearing of his heart, of his ears. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor, and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, with the breath of his lips he'll slay the wicked. Slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins, and faithfulness the belt of his waist. That word wisdom, there is chochma in the Hebrew, Strong's 2451. Wisdom, wiseness, skillfulness, whether in the artistic sense, like a craftsman, or the moral sense, like skills for living correctly. It occurs 150 times in the Hebrew. It's found in all sections of the Old Testament, but it's mentioned extensively in Job, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes. Bible wisdom unites God with the source of an all understanding with daily life where the principles of right living are put into practice. Therefore, it's exhorted to make God the starting point in any quest for wisdom and seek wisdom above all else if we would live successfully. Praise God. That wisdom is a permanent characteristic of the Messiah. And it says that in 1 Corinthians 1.24. Praise God. Wisdom. Wisdom. The mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom. And you can read about wisdom and study wisdom also in James chapter 1. You're familiar with that. If you lack it, you can ask and the Lord will give it to you. Uh, hey, but there's some stipulations. You can't waver. Uh, you can't be double-minded. Or you won't receive anything, let alone wisdom. Mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom. His tongue talks of justice or judgment. Justice, praise God. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide or slip. The wicked watches the righteous and seeks to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand, in the hand of the wicked, nor condemn him when he's judged. Wait on the Lord and keep his way. He'll exalt you to inherit the land. Praise God. When the wicked are cut off, you'll see it. You'll see it. Whether you see it over the banisters of heaven, whether you see it on this earth, you're going to see it. I've seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a native green tree. Yet he passed away or passed by and behold, he was no more. Indeed, I sought him but he could not be found. Mark the blameless man. Mark the blameless man and observe the upright. For the future of that man is peace. Glory to God. But the transgressors shall be destroyed 
together. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. But, but, for the future of the wicked shall be cut off or destroyed. But the salvation of the righteous is from our own strength and our own works. No, it's from the Lord. He's their strength in the time of trouble. Didn't say you won't ever have any trouble. It says he's their strength in a time of trouble. If you feel you're in a time of trouble right now, or the country is, or the world is, he's your strength. Exchange strengths with him. He'll renew your strength. And the Lord will help them and deliver them. He'll deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. Praise God. Thank God. Thank God. Look at Matthew chapter 6. This is a familiar portion of Scripture too. We're going to start with verse 25. Some people have the reputation to be champion warriors. What does the Bible say about it? Verse 25. Therefore, I say to you, don't worry about your life. What you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. The Bible says the righteousness of God is not in meat or drink, but in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Uh, you know, I took that verse back when... Uh, when we decided, uh, we didn't decide, but we received the call to the ministry, I said, Lord, I've got four children. I only had four at the time. And a mother to take care of. I've got a good job now. I'm vice president of a savings and loan. I don't even have a college degree. Where am I going to go? And what are we going to do to take care of our family? He gave me this verse. He said, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. He said, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit? 18 inches in height, varies, cubit varies in some parts of history, but 18 inches, my margin says, can add one cubit to your stature or your height. Why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory wasn't arrayed, wasn't dressed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore don't worry. Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles... The nations seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about his own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. King James says, the evil thereof. Praise God. Praise God forevermore. If you go on to the next verse, chapter 7 and verse 1, 
And you can see this in Luke 6.37 also. It says, judge not, condemn not, for, uh, that you be not judged or condemned. For what judgment or condemnation you judge, it, uh, you'll be judged. And with the measure you use, it'll be measured to you. That word is krino in the Greek, 29.19. Judge, condemn. Judge, condemn. If you sit in judgment, stand in judgment on someone, you know, you're going to be uh, under the same condemnation. You know, I've seen it happen in my own life. I've seen it happen in others. It's just the way it is. It's scriptural. It's Bible. It's truth. Judge not. Judge not. And it won't add one cubit to your stature worrying about it either. Look at Luke 6.37 while we're on the subject, if you don't mind. We looked at 6.38 last week and the week before. Bodily important scripture. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Given, it will be given to you. Good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. That's forgiveness, love, finances, anything. For with the same measure that you use, it's going to be measured back to you. And Romans chapter 8, we know this one. Verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation, no judgment to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Because of the fact of salvation by faith alone, uh, especially, but especially picking up the major outline of Christ's redemptive work, Christians are free from God's banishing judgment. The law here doesn't refer to God's written moral commands in the Old Testament, but to the system of operation that the spirit of life, the Holy Spirit, carries out in our lives. Breaking the dominion of the old law of sin and death. Praise God. So worry. No, stay out of worry. It won't add one cubit to your stature. And finally, we'll begin to wrap this up by saying that mercy is better than judgment. Mercy is better than judgment. Now I know all of you that are parents, or even though, even ones who aren't parents, maybe school teachers or, or uh, you know, just regular people, have shown mercy to individuals over the course of their life. You know, I know you've forgiven people. Everyone here has. And you've been forgiven. Mercy's been shown to you. It's better than judgment. Psalm 145, verses 8 and 9 says, The Lord is... What? Gracious and full of compassion. That word in the Hebrew and in the Greek is interchangeable with the word mercy. The Lord is uh, gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. Slow to anger and great in mercy. Thank God he is. Great in mercy. The Lord's good to all, it says. And his tender mercies, mercies, Multiplied. Anybody here need more than one 
uh, mercy. I'm sure you have over the course of time. His tender mercies are over all his works. Just the ones that are saved know all his works. Every foul person on this earth can receive mercy, the mercy of God. His tender mercies are over all his works. Look at Second uh, Corinthians. Thank God I wrote it down right. Second Corinthians, chapter one. I marked it wrong, but I, turned, I wrote it down right. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse one. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in trouble or tribulation, with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Our comfort also abounds through Christ. It's abundant through Christ. Hebrews chapter 4. Praise God for His loving, compassion, tender mercy. Hebrews chapter 4. Seeing then, verse 14, seeing then that we have a great high priest... Not just a good one, but a great one. Who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. Keep your mouth confessing the word of God. Don't let it depart from your mouth. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Mercy for now, grace for the future. I want to read to you the definition, the Bible definition of mercy. It's uh, the word ilios in the Greek, strong 1656, compassion, tender mercy, kindness, beneficence, and outward manifestation of pity. Now pity, you know, you've got to be careful with that. Pitying someone is one thing, you know, but having mercy is another. It, but it's an outward manifestation. It says here of pity. The words used of God, Luke 1.50, Luke 1.54 and 58, Romans 15.9, Ephesians 2.4, of Christ, Jude 21, and of men, Matthew 12.7, 23.23, and Luke 10.37. Mercy, compassion, tender mercy, kindness, beneficence, and outward manifestation of pity. Mercy is better than judgment. Praise God. Turn to Matthew chapter 12 and we'll, con we'll conclude with this. 
verse 33. Hold fast to your confession. Hebrews chapter 4 says, Matthew chapter 12, verse 33, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you being evil, this is Jesus speaking, of course, how can you being evil speak good things, for out of the abundance of the heart, if your heart's full of the word of God, the mouth speaks, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you're full of uh, derision and hopelessness and hatred and negativity and fear and worry and anxiety and doubt and unbelief and worry, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. And the evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth evil things. But I say to you, that word say, Jesus is saying, he says, I say to you, that word is the Greek word rhema, the spoken word, I'm speaking to you that for every idle word, idle, empty, useless word, men may speak, they'll give account of it in the day of judgment. And we've all spoken idle words. For by your words, you'll be justified. Strong's 1334, die, die a legal term signifying to acquit, declare righteous, show to be righteous. You know, better than judgment, right? For by your words you'll be justified. By your words you'll be condemned. So who's going to be judged? Well, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6.3 that we're going to judge angels. 2 Peter 2.4 mentions two. But that's later. You know, what you need to do, if you're a student of the Word, and if you're not, you need to do it anyway, is read Psalm 37 as many times as it takes for you to get it. Yeah, but brother, that's 40 verses. I don't care if it's 100 verses. You know, read it. Get it in your heart. Because that's going to keep you out of fear, doubt, worry, anxiety, and confusion about the wicked that's going on in the world. The wicked's been here... Uh, since, you know, the devil uh, got Adam to sell out. It's been here since Cain killed Abel, you know, out of jealousy and hatred. It's been here a long time. Didn't take a start yesterday or you know, last November or any time before that, last April when they declared a, a pandemic or any, any other time. Read this. Get it in your heart. Rest in God. Rest in the Lord. Be patient in Him. And build your faith. Stay in faith. Justice or judgment? We want justice. You know, you're going to be uh, at the judgment seat of Christ. Not at the great white throne judgment, thank God. That's for unbelievers. But you'll receive justice because your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Praise God. Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. And we bless you. We thank you as always 
for your blessed holy word and the anointing upon it. Thank you. Thank you for the privilege of serving you, loving you. Thank you in Jesus' name. If you're out there and you say, well, I, you know, I deserve judgment. I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life. I, I don't even understand the Bible. I don't understand the these and thous of the King James Version or anything else in any translation. It doesn't matter. Uh, your, under, your heart will understand it. And understand this, that in Romans 10, 9 and 10, and Romans 10, 13, it says, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Praise God. Verse 13 says, all those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. John 6, 37 says, if they come... I'm not going to cast them out. I won't turn them away. Jesus said that. So come to him. Pray this prayer with us. Make Jesus your Savior and the Lord of your life today. Pray with me. Pray with us. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, just as I am. Your word says if I come, you won't turn me away. You won't cast me out. Jesus, come into my life today as my Savior into my heart, and I make you the Lord of my life. I believe the Father raised you from the dead, and I speak it now with my mouth. I call upon your name, so I'm saved, born again, born from above. Thank you, Father. I'm now your child in Jesus' name. Fill me with your Holy Spirit to overflowing, and I'll speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives me utterance. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for filling me. Thank you for delivering me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for healing me. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Well, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, get to a good church. A word-believing, word-teaching, word-living, word-doing church. Sit under good teaching. People that are teaching the unadulterated word of truth. And if you get online or on broadcast TV or whatever and hear ministers, listen to ones who are preaching the full gospel, the unadulterated word of truth. They're out there preaching the word. Listen to those. Get into a good daily devotional and stay in the word. Keep your eyes on the word. Get it in your heart. Build it in there. Live the word. Praise God. Thanks for joining us today. Have a blessed Sunday and a blessed week. Praise God. Good to have you with us this morning. Always Welcome to the Redeeming Love Church. Share afterwards. That's that's an important thing. Thanks.